Good evening. Welcome to the Big Fight. I'm Vishnu Shom on the program tonight. In a landmark verdict, the Supreme Court declared the electoral bond scheme launched in 2018 with much fanfare as being unconstitutional on several counts. They violate people's right to information and Article 14 of the Constitution, which guarantees equality. They also infringe on the principle of free and fair elections as stipulated in the Constitution is what the Supreme Court has argued. The electoral bond scheme was launched in 2018 after a series of amendments to financial rules in 2016 and 2017. The petitioners had argued that their effect was to enable political parties to not disclose the contributions received through electoral bonds, allow companies to make unlimited funding and not disclose the details of contributions made in any form. This has now been overturned. Will the transparency that now exists transform the face of Indian elections by giving voters access to information that they need to make an informed judgment? On the show tonight, and this is the question on the big fight tonight, will the ruling by the Supreme Court clean up Indian politics, clean up political funding in the country? I'm going to introduce our panelists uh, first before I go across to Mr. Vikas Singh, Senior Advocate of the Supreme Court. We've got Mr. O.P. Rawat, former CEC, Anjali Bhardwaj, co-convener of the NCPRI, Subhash Chandra Garg, former Finance Secretary with the Government of India, Deshratan Nigam, Senior Advocate at the Supreme Court of India with us as well. Rajat Sethi is a political analyst. Very privileged to have Commodore Lokesh Batra with us. He's a transparency rights activist, somebody who's really led uh, the battle for more transparency as far as the entire electoral bonds situation is concerned. Advocate Mahima Singh represents the Congress Party. Asif Bhamra represents the BJP. So uh, those are our panelists uh, on the program this evening. But first, let me go across uh, to Mr. Vikas Singh. Uh, and sir, just a couple of points from you before we get on with the big fight. A couple of key quotes. Firstly, the Supreme Court stating that democracy does not begin and end with elections. I think this summarizes the overall verdict of the Supreme Court, which essentially implies that, look, you have to be transparent throughout you can't just say that we've had elections and that's where big election, that's where democracy lies. It's much more than that. Is that, in your sense, what this is all about? So, actually, it's not uh, in any manner undermining the importance of elections uh, by this verdict. You know, it's actually giving more importance to the, uh, um, you know, concept of a free and fair election because... The idea of uh, not having transparency in these, uh, you know, deposits by these uh, corporates is uh, a um, right of the voter which is being infringed of being uh, informed of who is funding which political party. And that's something which the Supreme Court feels is against the very concept of a free and fair election. So if you ask me, the underlying theme is definitely a free and fair election. But in the process of uh, identifying how a free and fair election should be held, they feel that funding by corporates to political parties, there is no justification why it should not be disclosed as to who is uh, depositing or paying for which political party. And that's why they have said that this disclosure should happen immediately. But I have a couple of problems with the judgment, and that is that... Uh, they should not have uh, allowed these uh, political parties to uh, retain the money that has been collected after 
the amendments had happened in 2017 and this money should have been refunded to these people whoever deposited because the deposit had been made under the clear uh, you know understanding that their names will be anonymous and now to disclose their names uh, is not fair as far as uh, these depositors are concerned they should have been given the right to decide whether they would still like to continue with the deposit with the disclosure or they would like to take a refund and not uh, get you know um, and mr uh, this, singh uh, no. just, uh, so this is something which i feel sure probably nobody argued this that and sir correct me if i'm wrong nothing really changes as far as the forthcoming elections are concerned the money has been de deposited electoral bonds have been bought and some parties have gained more than the others uh, and so this is a long term step right so according to me the right way forward would be because you know ultimately in 2003 mr jetley had uh, made this uh, money uh, which uh, 2000 sorry uh, the uh, uh, finance act of 2003 had said that whoever spends this kind of money to a political party it will be considered as an expenditure now if you are ex expecting this to be an expenditure then there has to be some kind of a public or a larger public interest for uh, somebody to pay to a particular political party and in my view it can only be justified if this payment had been made to a some kind of a national fund which will go towards funding the election rather than paying to any particular political party because there is no way you can justify payment by one political one corporate house to one political party and claiming that to be a full expenditure because obviously there has to be some kind of a quid pro quo when you when somebody pays to a political party so this will have to be reworked retweaked and uh, this will have to be made into some kind of a national fund that the money should go and that uh, dispersal of this money should then be done to these political parties depending on the strength that they have amongst the voters in the country uh, like the kind of percentage of votes they have because sure. this money only goes to the registered political parties under 29 of the representation of people act mr singh uh, what about the entire argument that this is a step to curb black money so this is uh, definitely uh, you know a step a good way to ensure that the funding of election happens in a more transparent way but vishnu the moment you say that somebody is paying to x political party or to y political party then obviously that payment is being done for some uh, you know benefit underlying benefit that you will get from that political party the moment you say that this money is going to a fund and not to any particular political party then you can say that this money is being spent to just eradicate uh, corruption in the electoral process and that can be justified so uh, there is no larger public interest unfortunately nobody challenged the 2003 amendment to the finance act which uh, permitted this kind of expenditure to be deductible completely but it's also true sir would you agree that is completely it's also true sir would you not agree that this affects all political parties equally so in the political battle that we have seen over the last 24 odd hours where the congress says uh, or, or says that it's the bjp which stands to gain it's also the congress uh, which stands to lose in the sense that their sources of political or their sources of corporate funding will get revealed uh, as well and therefore the the, the follow on is if the congress argues for transparency what has stopped them from releasing the names of all the corporates who funded them earlier on so vishnu the um, scheme as it was there prior to this judgment uh, um, you know permitted the political parties to not disclose the name in 
their books of accounts. Yes. And also companies uh, companies were not obliged to disclose in their books of account uh, they have paid this money. So in that sense, it was a it was a you know level playing field for every political party. But we all know when a big business house is asked to invest uh, in uh, electoral uh, uh, bond kind of a thing. Uh, they definitely have their own, uh, you know, uh, consideration of which political party will have uh, more advantage to them. And obviously, they will fund more to a political party, which is, uh, you know, having a better uh, sort of sort of reach in the national say. And that is why you will see that the BJP is the largest beneficiary in this uh, bond. But my, my point is that uh, when you take money from somebody, because if you uh, also appreciate Vishnu prior to 2017, the funding to this uh, political party was not as much as it has started after the anonymity clause came in. Right. So if you have taken money from somebody under a very clear understanding that your name will be a secret, uh, you can't then disclose their name suddenly. And that's the problem. That's my take uh, on the judgment that you should, have, sure. you should, they should have been given the option to take back the money if they didn't want their names to be disclosed. All right, sir. Thanks very much uh, for being with us. I'm going to now uh, move on to the next part of our program. It's called uh, The First Punch, and it's time to one minute. I'm going to ask all our panelists to speak for one minute. And at the end of one minute, I'll be rude and tell them that they can't speak anymore and then bring down their sound and audio and do all sorts of dreadful things, which I, I, I don't like doing. But anyway, uh, let me go first across to Mohammed Khan, spokesperson of the Congress. Mohammed, the, uh, the, the, in fact, we've got uh, Mahima today uh, on the Congress. Mahima, to you first, the question which is being asked is, is this a crucial step to clean up politics in the country? <sighs> You've got one minute to make your argument. Your time starts now. Jai Hind, Ek goriya ki kai katputliyo mein jaan hai. Aaj shayar ye tamasha dekh kar hairan hai. Khaas sadke band hai kab se maramat ke liye. The lines that I just quoted indicate towards how the BJP government is uh, direly insecure today. The desperation is overwhelming. And the world has already been calling us an electoral autocracy for a while now rather than a democracy. Uh, the uh, frozen bank accounts of the Congress today, right after the electoral bonds judgment came yesterday, I think is quite indicative of the BJP's character. So while we stood for the right to information, the BJP has actually, uh, you know, brought in opaque electoral bonds in the country. And I think the Supreme Court has really restored uh, the things to where they should have been. And it is time that the prime minister, right, like any ethical person would resign, would come forward and take the onus, take the responsibility and offer a resignation for his wrongdoing. All right. The Congress says that uh, the Prime Minister should reside on this issue. I'm going to go next to Asim Hamla of the BJP. Is this a move that cleans up politics in the country? You've got one minute. Your time starts now. I would like to submit to the Congress spokesperson that this is a part of the electoral, electronic, uh, electrical, uh, uh, electioneering reforms. Uh, Suggestion. Let me put this first here. And it is not a, an idea or ideation that was implemented by the Bharatiya Janata Party or uh, Honorable Narendra Modi ji. Okay. This model was bought to improve the murky situation. And the idea was not 
जस्ट एंड आइडिया वॉज जस्ट टू गेट ट्रांसपेरेंसी इन योर सिस्टम देश है ये काला धन है इसको इसको कन्वर्ट किया कर दिया जाए डू दे नो दैट डू दे नो दैट थ्रू दी इलेक्ट्रो टू दिस इलेक्ट्रिकल बॉन्ड्स दैट आर बींग यू नो दैट आर बी दैट आर बींग इट कैन ओनली बी डन थ्रू चेक्स आर टी जी एस बाय अ पर्सन लेजिटिमेट विद अ लेजिटिमेट बैंक अकाउंट एंड विद विद के वाई सी कंप्लाइंसिस not or, not by any shell company or so no shell company can about? do this it was Why a clean process a your time is ended i need to go across to my next panelist commodore lokesh batra you've led sir we aren't hearing you I'm your time is up i am happy that they have no 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 sir your time is up court. bring down a sound we need to move on now to commodore lokesh batra with us he's a transparency rights activist who's uh, perhaps pushed this closer or, or, or more intensely than anybody else Commodore Lokesh Batra the question is this does this clean up indian politics you've got 1 minute for your introductory remarks your time starts now i would straight away say no the old system need improvement but this particular system created a uneven field the transparency as you mentioned me as a transparency campaigner i believe in the nation we need transparency otherwise now the payment issue i heard from the previous speaker payments are done in two ways one is a digital one is a physical check and drafts are considered as a physical mode of instrument of payment and the digital while digital entire thing it was a digital it was easy to manage now physically is that it's a bearer bond it's like a currency note it can even if somebody buys with a kyc from a bank it can change 20 hands on route to political party because there is no name of which political party who bought so uh, we believe everything should be transparent i have no problem the previous system itself when i said no needs a improvement but is a far better anybody who paid over 20000 cash at least they declared the name okay they declared the name in that case all right sir got your introductory comments Uh, I'm going to move on now to Rajat Sethi, political analyst. Is this going to clean up Indian politics, Rajat? You've got one minute. Please go ahead and start. Um, after this decision of the Supreme Court, I think uh, no stakeholder should uh, should have premature celebrations. Uh, Supreme Court has uh, killed a system which which had uh, you know a lot of effort put in, not just by the government of the day, but also bureaucracy and various think tanks. uh i understand that yes there were some issues in the uh, in the electoral bond especially uh, on the information asymmetry the information asymmetry existed with the sbi largely and uh, not with any other constitutionally independent body having said that other than this major uh, sort of feature of electoral bonds which required to be amended or or tinkered with uh the other attempts were pretty much good uh, right to information if it is sacrosanct for the citizens uh, we need to also keep in mind that this is not just the only source of uh, uh, money that uh, uh, political parties are able to garner they have other sources of money they get hordes and hordes of cash and then they only say that we have accepted 20 20000 rupees uh, they break it down into 20000 multiples and that's it no other system can be foolproof uh you know the late jetli ji said uh, to khadge ji back then when he was introducing right. this that no other system can be alternative i take that point uh anjali bhardwaj would you like to come in you've got one minute is this going to clean up indian politics please go ahead yes 
Uh, Vishnu, I think that it's a landmark judgment that the Supreme Court has delivered yesterday. The court has upheld people's right to information. In a democracy, if voters are going to cast an informed vote, one of the most important things that they need to know is who is funding political parties. Because we know that when political parties get funds from large corporates, they are not getting funds without consideration. There is a quid pro quo. That's what the court has said, that these, this kind of quid pro quo could lead to a lot of problems, corruption, uh, kickbacks, and people have a right to know who is funding which political party in a democracy. And unless they have this information, their vote cannot be informed. So this is a very, very important uh, uh, judgment that has been delivered, upholding Article 19.1a of the Constitution. Okay, upholding Article 19.1a of the Constitution. Your time ends over there. Desh Ratanigam, you've got one minute. Please go ahead, sir. Your time starts. Uh, Vishnu, in order to understand the Supreme Court judgment, you need to see what was there previously before this scheme. Before this scheme was cash transactions and a lot of huge amount of black money coming into the system. And now after scrapping this particular scheme, we go back to the old system. There is a vacuum. It, uh, the Supreme Court judgment has dealt with the past, but it has left the present and the future unregulated so far as electoral funding to the political parties is concerned. So a lot of chaos, black money, cash flow would come into the picture rather than the, uh, you know, where people were giving money, their names were with the SBI and they were subject to audit and accounting laws under the income tax. And if they found that the uh, donors had spurious source of income or unaccountable source of income, they can be taken to task under the existing law. But not what now now? That is the biggest problem. Now we go back to those dark ages where the cash becomes the primary motive. So this judgment is purely speculative and presumptive. And not a single incident of quid pro quo has been given by the Supreme Court. It is presuming that this will happen. So rather than getting All right. into so the not a single decision, example of a quid pro quo has been provided by the Supreme Court. That's my takeaway of, of what you just said over there. Um, let me quickly go across to um, Mr. Subhash Chandra Garg, former Finance Secretary, Government of India. Mr. Garg, you've got one minute. Please start. So, uh, uh, Vishnu, cleaning politics is a much larger subject than cleaning elections. Sure. The electoral bonds were meant uh, to bring some transparency, bring some uh, whiteness to the black money, which was permitting the election system. Uh, the, the judgment uh, is unfaultable as far as the ideal principles of um, election and the voting are concerned. Uh, however, it ignores the practicality and the pragmatism completely. Uh, what will now happen is that the corporates will uh, do their uh, sort of quid pro quo. They, they don't make these contributions for charity or any other pious purposes. They make contributions for business advantages and protection otherwise. For this, they will revert back to the old cash uh, kind of systems through shell companies or otherwise. We will have um, a loss in the system of transparency in elections. Loss in the system of transparency. O.P. Rawat, sir, please go ahead. 
actually an ideal system of political funding or campaign financing is still a mirage to all the democracies across the globe. We are a nascent democracy, we are struggling with it and trying to bring in a semblance of uh, transparency, equity and uh, protecting the rights of the voter. Now after the Supreme Court judgment, the space will be empty for ensuring to bring in a system which satisfies the needs laid down by Honorable Supreme Court as well as to protect the uh, rights of the voter to know as to who is funding whom so that he can make out or she can make out whether quid pro quo is involved or not. Okay. Fair enough, sir. You've uh, been uh, sharp with your response and you've ended 10 seconds early. Fair enough. So we're going to start the big fight now. Uh, let me go across um, to Commodore Batra first. Uh, with this question, sir, how would you respond to those who say that if uh, electoral bonds have been made illegal, it doesn't mean that the old system, which was corrupt in many ways, will not return in terms of uh, political parties gaining funding. Okay, Vishnu, as I started in my last uh, 30 minutes or that once a minute issue, I say this old system requires reform, but this present system had made it worse that you can be assessing it that today if the candidates... Details are given to us, corruption, assets, everything. When they file an affidavit, why not they tell us the source of funding? If I go to my vote my uh, member in the constituency, I'm concerned about the candidate, not the party, who is a clean and and it's important to know how he generated fund, how is he spending fund. So as a voter, it is immediately affects me. As far as the scheme is concerned, I must say, right from the beginning, was I had gone through all the file documents. It was, it was even RBI had what brought out that it is going to create shell company. It's in writing and all. But finally, when they were even forced it, so they said, okay, let's have a digital transaction so we can keep the chain. Government said clearly on the file saying that no, that will straightway uh, result reveal the identity of donor, the whole purpose of scheme, uh, the scheme, including the amendment to the four acts under the amendment of uh, Finance Act two Bill 2017 were adjusted in such a way to protect the donors. I am just saying is, if you remember last time, 19, there was news that we have, India has spent more than 60,000 crore or 50,000 crore. Yes. This was far beyond the entitlement. Obviously, there was black money coming, still coming. The why not? I am I am of the, the opinion that the expenditure on the election should be minimized so a common citizen can also participate. Like okay, so that's the next point, minimizing uh, the cost in elections or the expenditure rather in expense uh, in elections. But let me take the uh, a key part of what you said to Deshrat and Nigam. Commodore Batra makes a very basic point. Why shouldn't citizens in our country know who is paying which political party? Yes, in fact, Vishnu, an ideal situation would be that only. However, suppose you reveal the names of donors of a particular party and there is a change of regime tomorrow. The vindictiveness starts, the revenge starts and the donors will be, be targeted so that they do not vote for that particular party. This is one of the important reasons not to disclose because donors as Ravi Shankar Prasad said, also have rights. So they also need protection. 
But why, but how do you assume, sir, that the donors wouldn't decide to fund the new party which comes to power? No, I'm saying on the basis of the existing data, not the future data. The future data could be anywhere, going either here or there. But on the basis of existing data, the donations which have already been made, the targeting would start. That's that's my basic point. And the vindictive attitude of the uh, the regime, the new regime, may target those donors. That's that's a very important thing. That is where the whole problem lies. And uh, therefore, what ideally nobody should object to the laudatory transparency principle. People must know. But there needs to be checks and balances. Those checks and balances in tune with the audit and accounting laws of the income tax, where they can audit. And if they find there are shell companies involved or they find the source of income is not accountable, cannot be accounted for, or it is spurious, then all those laws come into the picture. Now we have a system where nothing will work. Those laws are not applicable. You do not know the source of the income, the donations that have been going to them. You can't establish a trade. Okay, okay just hold on for one okay. second. I get that. Uh, Mahima Singh, would you like to respond? The point that he mentions over there is that there would be a vindictive attitude if to the person who is funding if there is a change, for example, in government. The problem is that all BJP Modi sympathizers look at the political discourse today with the same uh, characteristic, uh, you know, hate-ridden attitude of the BJP. Not all political parties, I would say rather the most political parties in this country, and uh, it has been seen over the past so many decades, we do not operate like the BJP uh, does. And the vendetta that the BJP has done has been heightened uh, over the past one decade, so much so that you see there's, there's become a common belief that there will be uh, vendetta politics like that. So the BJP, of course, brought this uh, opaque, and today we know unconstitutional scheme through a money bill so that there won't be any discussion, any debate on that. Just now when I was hearing Rajat Sethi, he said that, um, uh, you know, so many stakeholders, it is so much work that has gone in. What happened to Eka Kela, all the Modi sympathizers? Because while thumping his chest in the parliament, Mr. Modi said, Eka Kela sabbe bhari, he always works with the attitude of, he thinks he is the one who's done all of it. You know, whatever accolades go to uh, Modi's credits, whatever failures, all the stakeholders... Okay, so that's a slightly separate point. But uh, Rajat, would you like to respond? So, so the, the, the point is, the point is, Vishnu, that uh, you see the, the vendetta that they're talking about or the, uh, the, the, the operative uh, revenge that Mr. Rickman was talking about just now, I would say that uh, transparency, when it will be there for all uh, the players, there will be a level playing field. Okay, and, a level uh, playing field if there is transparency for all. But Rajat, respond to the point when the Congress says Mahima that the vendetta part of it doesn't affect the them, right? <coughs> that if there is vendetta, it comes from the BJP. So in the event that there is a change of government, uh, it's the BJP which would have vendetta against those who have funded the previous government or vice versa. Uh, Vishnu, it's a rhetorical statement, doesn't deserve a response. But if you are asking, no, please go uh, ahead. <laughs> the citizens of this country has, have had an experience of 65 odd years of seeing what vendetta politics of Congress also looks like. Let's not even deep dive into that because, you know, the whole show will be full of that. Let's come back to the moot point here. The moot point is the Congress too gained 1100 crores or, uh, through, through the electoral bonds, uh, proportionate to the states, the number of states they held. 
Similarly, BJP got almost 50-55% of the funds through the electoral bonds, largely proportional to the population that they uh, are currently in power. So looking at the proportionality, I think other than TMC, every other party has largely proportionately held on to the electoral bonds in ratio uh, to what they deserved. The other alternative that a lot of uh, senior uh, former election commissioners have said that is to create a national fund, a national fund where all the corporates pool in money and that is distributed according to performance. Even by that formula, the same uh, sort of distribution of funds would have happened. And, uh, you know, a winner takes all uh, sort of a thing would have kicked in. Would the opposition party be at benefit? I don't think so. The problem here is that there is a there is an important debate around privacy, the right of privacy of the donor versus right of information for the citizen. Uh, by removing the system, do you gain anything out of these two? Right of privacy to the donor in the current law has been retrospectively changed. Anything retrospective is against natural justice. So I personally, all respect to the Supreme Court, but I personally feel that this retrospective business has to stop in our country. There has to be a predictability around what our policymakers make and do. You could have done a prospective thing. Everything would have been still been okay. okay. I don't agree with that. A. Second is this right to information thing. Does in the, in the renewed scenario where you do not have the electoral bonds, do a common citizen uh, have the information as to which party is funding the TMC, which has got around 400, 500 crore rupees? The answer is no. The answer was no. During the electoral bond, it was no. Even now, it is no. The, 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 the better uh, option could have been either that the Supreme Court steps in and says that, you know, these are the benchmarks around which you have to ensure that the information is revealed. Now, how do you do that? Either keep it totally secret and keep it either with the Supreme Court or with the Election Commission, one independent body, and allow them to only have it. That could perhaps, you know, preserve the privacy of the donors along with serving the purpose. Now, the problem here is uh, none of these, uh, none of the, uh, uh, you know, stakeholders who are currently opposing electoral bonds have till now come up with a white paper that this is, you know, a proposal from our side which can achieve multiple objectives. And I think this is the best possible way of going forward. Okay, I think that point, Anjali Bhardwaj, uh, you know, Rajat makes the point that what is the ideal solution then? Right, uh, which which protects um, the confidentiality of those who don't want their identity to be revealed while ensuring transparency. Is there any such system? Well, first of all, let me just say that there is a big problem when we talk about the right to privacy vis-a-vis -vis companies. If we understand the Supreme Court's judgment also declaring privacy to be a fundamental right, it's a right of an individual. It's not the right of any companies. If we look at who has bought electoral bonds, most of the bonds have been bought. Nearly 95% have been bought in the denomination of 1 crore rupees, which means they have been bought by mainly by companies and corporates. They don't have the right to privacy. Now, as far as this, uh, the question that you posed, uh, Vishnu, is concerned. Just give me a moment yes, to ahead. explain what the problem was. The problem was that before electoral bond scheme came, there were two ways in which people could contribute or companies could contribute to political parties, either by cash or through banking channels. The threshold in the, uh, in the IT Act was that anything that a political party got below 20,000 rupees, they did not have to tell the source of income. That was the problem. So if 
any corporate or any big uh, capitalist gave a very large sum of money also in cash they could the uh, they could be creative accounting and a political party could just say that we got lots of people giving us 19900 rupees and therefore not tell the source of income yeah. what was required a simple requirement was to say no anonymity no political party can get any funds where they say that we will not tell you the source of income and the other thing was no cash today we have a system where the government itself is pushing digital money even the last person on the street is expected to accept money not by cash but through digital means yes. i think if we want to move towards solutions electoral bonds is not the solution because what electoral bonds did was that they made even money that was coming through banking channels about which we earlier had information anonymized that as well which is why the court is saying <laughs> that it's almost legitimizing all this corruption and um money the <coughs> rbi said it will lead to generation of more black money we need two solutions one no cash to political parties if individuals can manage without cash even they should two i think it's very clear that political parties should submit to the right to information act the central information commission in 2013 ruled that all national parties are public authorities under the rti act and they should appoint pios all right so the right to information, information must be respected i take that anjali yeah. i want to get in asib uh, asib bhamla over here mr bhamla how would you respond to this important bit on what the supreme court said they said that electoral bonds violate the right of voters to information about a possible quid pro quo this is at the heart of the entire argument that people need to know who is giving money and to which party because that is when voters will be informed of a possible quid pro quo right what's wrong with what the supreme court has said you see earlier the irony was that the money should go and in suitcases and truckloads and gunny bags and all of that and now with what has been exhibited is that anyone taking electronic uh, electrical uh, electoral bond is engaging in, in a quid pro quo fine tomorrow someone will come and raise an objection that uh, even <clears throat> see confidentiality and anonymity these are two different things tomorrow someone will come with a proposition that uh, <clears throat> please exhibit uh, who you are voting to also Which which political party are you voting for? Are you voting for the BJP? Are you voting for the Congress? Which party are you voting for? So what is what is the problem for the BJP? Is also something which is the problem for the Congress. It's not too far away, but they got to they are making a devil's advocate and trying to place the Bharatiya Janata Party in a wrong shade. Which they don't understand. There are many states where the ruling parties are like in 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 Mamta in 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 Bengal. There are many people who fund her because they believe that 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 party is coming in power. So you can't just singleize or or you can't decimate all of that. You see, my uh, my uh, uh, my 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 query was just this: that various things are confidential, and so that 
the people don't know okay uh, and in, uh, this corporate has supported the congress or that corporate is supported uh, the bharatiya janata party so that level of confidentiality with this new judgment will not remain and i don't know how this plays out because at the end it is a court judgment and we all as all a right, political so party we'll see how it plays we're trying out trying to review that but mahima we're saying, yet to work on that i get that uh, mr bhamra but let me go across to mahima for out. a bit Mahima, how would you respond to the very basic query? Today, the Congress is lauding the Supreme Court judgment. They are saying you are saying that it adds to transparency, uh, which was missing in the past. It should have come earlier on. Be that as it may, it is now an important step towards information, transparency, etc., etc. But if you are taking that position, what stopped the Congress Party from revealing all the corporates which funded you over the last X number of years? Why? Why is the Congress Party? The last point, Mahima. Why is the Congress Party waiting for the Election Commission to come out with the list? You'd have the list of people who funded you. Put that out on our website. Level playing field, Vishnu. It is the Congress Party that brought the Right to Information Act. Yes. The very, the very act which is being invoked today. It is the Congress that has fought the fair fight for the democracy. That has fought for the Constitution. News ever since the British Raj and is still continuing to do so in this dire Modi Raj, and and you know uh, while the BJP decides the policies of this country over luncheons, lunch banking is leading the way for the BJP where you see the chair. No, no, but 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 Bahima, you are answering my question. Let me rephrase my I'm, question. I'm are you comfortable in the Congress Party with Just revealing the names of your donors? Yes or no? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think Pawan Khera ji made it abundantly clear yesterday through his press conference when he said that we have fought this fight and we are willing to make everything. Uh, and it's not us. I mean, when when all the names will come out, Congress's donors' names will also come out, and that is perfectly fine. And that is how it should be. And that is why we have been fighting this fight. It is the BJP who submitted before the Supreme Court that the voters do not have the right to. Okay. It is not the Congress Party, Vishnu. It is the BJP that has submitted before the Supreme Court that, vo that the voters ought not to know. All right, one second, so Deshratan Nigam. Why is, is why is the BJP alone in this battle? Do you not feel that the BJP is alone in this battle in trying to secure anonymity? If Congress and other parties say no, no, let's just reveal all the names. What's the problem? Well, Vishnu, uh, I think all the parties want more transparency to come in. Ideally speaking. But the fact remains, when a judgment is written, and suppose I was writing this particular judgment, I would have compared the present scheme, which has been scrapped, with the earlier system, one by one on various points: use of black money, transparency, right to information, and various other points, and to see which scheme is better and how to improve this present scheme. Now, if you compare it with previous scheme, this scheme was a step forward. And if it was a step forward, nobody is saying this is a perfect scheme. There should have some kind of suggestions uh, coming in to improve this particular scheme. One, and secondly, it should not have created a vacuum for the present and the future, where the entire system has been left unregulated. Should the government intervene? I don't think there is time with this government now. The election is right around the corner to bring a particular law. That's a that's a problem with the present uh, you know funding of the uh, elections which is going to come. In 2024, so that is a grey area which has been left around. And secondly, if you look at the data, 
Till 2014, the Congress was the largest recipient of the electoral funding. The party in power gets the more funding, which has been a trend, All whether it is the state governments or whether it is in the uh, uh, central elections, the general elections that we are talking about. That kind of a data is there in proportionality that Rajat Sethi was talking about. It is in that proportion that people give. And while giving the uh, you know funds, donations, well, what are the factors that are kept in mind? There was a research. They said, first thing they considered the stability of the government, the issues on national security, the issues of price, inflation, employment. These are the factors that people consider in mind. Corporate uh, sector may have different considerations about the business policies, corporate policies the government brings, the infrastructure or the industrial policy that they bring. So these are the factors that actually go into uh, making donations. And uh, the quid pro quo may or may not be there because we don't have any data whether the BJP or the Congress has done quid pro quo or not, except the statements of their spokesperson. So even the Supreme Court did not have this data. So presumptive and speculative judgments may create more harm than you know, making a kind of uh, uh, environment okay. which is very transparent. So got it, kind of got it, got it, come, sir. Interrupting the, you because I've got less than, I've got only less than, Mahima, I'll try and come back to you. Mr. Garg uh, and Mr. Rawat have been waiting very patiently. Uh, Mr. Garg, uh, a larger question, irrespective of what happens now, should there be a limit on what any corporate can contribute to a political party? See, the, uh, this question is related to what was the problem we were trying to solve. While earlier system had a limit that 7.5% of the profits are the maximum which can be contributed by, by the parties, no one ever thought that anybody was exceeding this. This was not a, a problem. What was the problem was that the contributions from uh, corporates were coming to the political parties only in the form of either cash, unaccounted cash, or um, very little money was coming through the trust mode or the transparent white uh, check mode earlier. Right. Uh, the corporates will make the contributions only for serving their business interest. If we, uh, if we expect them to do for um, these contributions for pious or charitable purposes, that expectations will not come. And therefore, the test of the electoral bond scheme should be seen from the perspective that did it result into getting this limited transparent funding, because the, the electoral bond, bond funding is through the bank accounts, completely transparent, KYC enabled, and it's also received by the political parties in their bank accounts. So it has substantial more um, transparency and uh, accountability than otherwise. Now, if you take away uh, and restore the, uh, the system to the old one, the limit will come back. It's already come back now with the Supreme Court uh, providing uh, or, or uh, sort of revoking the, the amendments. The 7.5% limit is back. You can even make the electoral bonds also subject to the same conditions that you can make it uh, up to 7.5%. You, you have to disclose the name of the political parties to whom you have given. But the result would be that the like the earlier scheme, the money will not come. So you uh, you have literally uh, sort of killed a limited but better transparent system in the uh, chase for uh, a, a, an idealistic, completely white uh, system. 
Mr. Rawat, nothing changes as far as these elections are concerned, right? So this is only for the future. Yeah, right. So in that sense, would you agree that this is something, if it had to come, it's come too late? Uh, I won't like to uh, hazard that kind of uh, conclusion. Well, our judicial process is like that. The, uh, once the hearing is complete, only then the verdict is uh, pronounced. I would just like to add here that vulnerabilities brought in by legal amendments, which Mr. Garg also pointed out, uh, and he also said very realistically that businesses, uh, they give things or donations for some business purpose or pro uh, raising their profit profitability. Therefore, Supreme Court is right in saying that every voter has a right to know that what business purpose is served by a political party whom they have donated. And that is what it is. The transparency issue comes in. So I think what Honorable Supreme Court has done to uh, sort of uh, declare these uh, unconstitutional is that uh, we should work on these vulnerabilities and remove those vulnerabilities in political funding through any instrument. And I think that that will really be beneficial to our democracy, strengthen our democracy. Rajat, uh, as we begin wrapping up this program, solutions. So electoral bonds as a system are now unconstitutional. We have to accept that. That's the law. What's the way ahead? What's the solution? In my opinion, I think uh, one thing that needs to be taken into account is that even if the formal route uh, uh, is established wherein any donation, not even a 20,000 limit, if you just remove that limit and any kind of a donation is accounted for, that too will only uh, be the tip of the iceberg in terms of uh, donation. Uh, for the remaining black money, uh, a more stricter anti-black money uh, regulations and regimes will have to uh, gain more and more primacy, especially during the time of elections. The best thing that has worked so far is uh, the crackdown that uh, you know the income tax officials and the election commission together have during the time of the election. I think they are really tightening the news there. We've seen how Telangana election this time saw record collections by uh, the election commission uh, folks. And I think that's that's the best possible way is to keep cutting out and ensuring that during the time of election, all the expenditure that is happening happens largely through uh, the route of uh, uh, digital payments, etc. And this is where uh, EC has all the mandate to do it. And keep tightening the news over there and you will see eventually cash will dry out in the system. There will still be some cash uh, which cannot be removed if the intent is such. Uh, I don't see any regulations uh, other than removing the 20,000 threshold, uh, which is going to swing the needle at all. All right, Commodore Batra, uh, last couple of comments to you. The uh, old system uh, didn't work. The new system, or the lack of it, has ensured greater transparency. But in terms of cleaning up the election process uh, and funding for political parties, what more needs to be done? You see, we just said that, uh, in fact, most of the speakers said that corporate gave funding so that they can be benefited. We don't even have to use the word quid pro quo. Obviously, they are funding the parties in the power. So what we need is cut down the cash element, reduce that some limit of uh, this, uh, contribution by the corporates or individual. And on top of that, everything should be digital, monitored and transparent. 
That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, Deshratar Nigam, solutions. Go ahead, sir. You're on mute. First, first of all, I think this scheme should not have been scrapped. There should not have been a vacuum in the system. However, we require more transparency. The declaration starts coming in. The cash component is reduced. The limits is reduced. And if there are spurious or suspicious uh, transactions or donations, they should be, uh, and above a particular limit, they should be subject to stricter scrutiny. That's very important because, say, for example, the, more, the bigger donations which are there, they require more scrutiny, not the smaller ones, because that they are within the reach of uh, common people as well. So, stricter regulations under the income tax laws, audit accounting systems, and uh, in a democracy, political parties do need funding. They cannot be dried out by making it uh, so strict that the entire purpose of the scheme is defeated, the funding of the political party drives, and they resort to some other way. Sure. So therefore, under the existing laws in the system, it can be more, made more strict. That's all right. But political parties do need funding. Bahima, uh, you had one last point. You've got exactly one minute, the way we started this program. Solutions for the sure. future. Please go ahead. Sure, sure. If the government's intentions would have been pious, this provision wouldn't have been brought through a money bill. And I think then uh, the, the provision would have been more, uh, uh, I would say, sustainable. And that is what the solution is, to take all the stakeholders into consideration, to have dialogue, to have discussion. I remember uh, O.P. Rawatji's statement also earlier that, uh, that their, their, their objections to the propositions were overruled. So the bureaucracy, the opposition must be taken into account. Their opinions must be taken into account. And just as the government had uh, overridden the, overrided the CEC judgment of the Supreme Court, yes. we hope that this judgment will not be overrided All by right. this government. Let us hope that this judgment remains, is what the Congress party says. Need to wrap this up. Will this clean up Indian politics? It perhaps will. Not these elections immediately, but it'll have a long-lasting uh, impact, no doubt. Leave you with just one quote of what the Supreme Court said. Electoral bonds ensure money laundered for quid pro quo escapes the public eye. That's what the Supreme Court needed to ensure does not take place. There needs to be scrutiny, there needs to be transparency and there needs to be information. But whether this step alone is enough to clean up funding in elections and in our process of democracy, perhaps it's a small step but not the last one. Thank you all very much for being with us.